Epicor is the essential partner to the world's most essential businesses, offering ERP solutions built for growth and operational success. Explore the industry productivity solutions we curate for the automotive, building supply, distribution, manufacturing, and retail industries by visiting epicor.com slash essential. That's E-P-I-C-O-R dot com slash essential. Welcome to the Boost Podcast with Kelly Leonard. The podcast providing you with immediate access to tools, tips, and tactics to boost your business success, build your brand, optimize relationships, obtain more leads, secure thought leadership space, and tap into new markets. It's the Boost Podcast. And now, here's Kelly Leonard. Hello and welcome back to the Boost Podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Leonard. Today's episode features Eva Janata. Eva helps entrepreneurs in the women helping women economy stand out online through communication strategy, thought leadership coaching, and social media marketing. The parts of Boost she addresses during our conversation are optimized relationships and secure thought leadership space. Hey, Eva, welcome to the Boost podcast. Hi, Kelly. It's great to be here. Yeah, yeah. So these are interesting and exciting times. And so I would love for you to share with our community, because a lot of people may not know who you are in all your amazingness. Just share a little bit more about who you are, what you do, kind of who's the community that you serve. Yeah, absolutely. So I specialize in helping entrepreneurs and leaders in the women helping women economy to stand out online. And to break that down into more detail, what that means is I really want to work with people whose businesses and services are geared toward making an impact on gender inequality, on gender justice. And it's like close companion, you might say, racial inequality and racial justice. And so I tend to work with coaches and consultants and other service providers whose services make a difference in those two areas. And I help them to stand out online. I would say that I specialize in thought leadership marketing. I have a background in social media marketing, but social media marketing alone is usually not going to make the impact well that it did 10 or 15 years ago or that it needs to, to really reach the audience and move your business forward. So the thought leadership marketing, uh, social media marketing, and then communication strategy in general, all geared towards really helping my clients stand out for what they do and the impact they're making. Awesome. You know what? There is so many great nuggets and we can go in so many different directions with what you just shared, especially in light of everything that's going on when you talk about social justice and gender justice, gender equity, etc. And when you couple over top of that, your background around social media and communication strategy. Because one of the things that I I see right now, and I literally just posted something on like Facebook. I find that I have, I don't know about you, but I have a different persona, if you will, in Facebook than I am on LinkedIn. Like LinkedIn is my suit buttoned up persona. Facebook, Mm -hmm. I'm going rogue at times. Like I got my jeans and my ripped jeans, (laughs) my baseball cap on turned sideways. But I would love to get your, and this has nothing to do real. actually it, it has some, but nothing to do with where I thought the conversation was going to go. But because, you know, I'm all about let's capture the now moment. What are your thoughts 
around how we are as women potentially showing up in t- inside of these online communities. And because we all have very rich and very, I don't want to say opinionated, but certainly we have an opinion about what's going on right now around gender, around race, around social justice. Um, and so there's this idea of, okay, I want to play nice in the sandbox. I don't want to show up and be aggressive because God forbid we look like an aggressive woman, right? Because we know what that <laughs> categorizes as, as, as. So how do we navigate this time and space that we're in right now with all that's going on and we've got an opinion about it. We want to share it, but we want to perhaps be delicate, but yet use our voice in a really super powerful way. That's such a good question, Kelly. And yes, we could take it in a lot of directions. So (laughs) the first thing that comes to mind is, you know, I was at a conference probably five years ago and I was attending um, a, a section about marketing. And one of the pieces of advice that was offered was to never talk about kind of the taboo topics on social media. Like I think they were religion, politics, and sex, you know, just don't talk about those. Mm-hmm. And I'm really, really glad to see that that is changing, at least in the politics realm. And I think that makes people uncomfortable sometimes because it can be very divisive. Right. People have strong opinions, and that's a good thing. In fact, a strong opinion and putting a stake in the ground is one of the most memorable magnetic things you can do as a thought leader. So I'm, I think it's a really good thing that that's becoming more accepted in the marketing space and just in the social space that we're no longer pretending that we don't have strong feelings about what's very, very important, especially when lives are at stake, as they are right now for a lot of people of color, especially black folks. Yeah. So I'm saying like, bring on your strong opinion. Now you mentioned the word aggressive and that is, you know, for women and for women of color, there are a lot of labels and a lot of what, let's see, uh, assumptions made, shall we say, when women get emotional. And depending upon your intersecting identities, that's going to be different for every person listening. But one of the things that I counsel for myself and for my clients, and it might, I don't know, it's, it's, I feel sometimes like it doesn't sound very marketing-y at first, Mm -hmm. but I counsel them, you know, if you're stating a strong opinion, if you have a strong feeling about something that you want to share, or, or perhaps maybe you shared something and you got like a negative comment on it, or somebody disagreed with you, which will happen the more opinionated you are and the more of a visible thought leader you are. I always counsel myself and my clients to respond and to market ourselves and communicate from a place of deep compassion and empathy. And even then, when you are talking about something that's delicate or divisive or emotions are running strong, if you ground yourself in empathy and compassion for yourself, for what you're saying, for the fact that others have as much of a right to their opinions as you do. Mm-hmm. I think it's really hard to go wrong as a communicator and equally or more importantly in how, how you live with yourself in the way you communicate, you know, feeling really at home and grounded and right with yourself in the way you're putting your ideas and your views out to the world. Yeah. And, and so much of that resonated with me, Eva. I had a, um, an encounter, let's say, an exchange with, okay. <laughs> on Facebook with someone recently. And um, it got really heated. But I did. So to your point, I always, I just, I just had to breathe my way through it. Like, and it was interesting because it was to the point where I was getting like text messages from people like, you need to... 
and you should. And, and I was just like, okay, let me just breathe. Let me Mm. from a place and communicate from a place of empathy. Um, Mm -hmm. but it got to the point where I said, okay, enough. And I just, (laughs) I just said, I'm a big gift user. I love gifts. Mm -hmm. And um, I had to finally use the, okay, bye gift because it's like conversation over because, you know, I find that we, if we allow ourselves um, to let it happen, we're going to, first of all, it's going to drain all of our great energy. Um, yes. It's going to cause us to perhaps catch us in this moment where we have a moment of weakness and we do lash out because we haven't taken an opportunity to just kind of breathe our way through it, to pause and to just say, okay, what do I want other people even to experience? Mm-hmm. Do I want to share a side of me that perhaps no one knows except for my family, maybe, because of course the mm-hmm. people closest to us always know the good, bad, and the ugly, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, so I, I love what you just, what you just shared. Like you said, Kelly, it does take time to, to ground ourselves in empathy, especially because we tend to be so reactive and, you know, your emotions happen, you know, in the fraction of a second. It's not like you're choosing to react in a, an emotional way that, isn't the best marketing way. You know, it happens automatically. And I think what you brought up, which is a really good point, when you're a thought leader, when you're marketing, is to have boundaries. You know, when are you going to leave the conversation? When are you going to bow out? What are your limits for how you're going to engage with your audience, for how far you're going to go in sharing something really personal or in getting um, emotional? You know, there's a lot of, I don't know, cultural stuff wrapped up in, for example, women crying which yeah. is something that I do very easily. And that's been a d- difficult thing because that can, people can make assumptions about that kind of behavior. So you need to, I recommend that people have a lot of as much self-awareness as they can and, and really, you know, thoughtful and almost like writ- maybe not, maybe not actually written out, but kind of in your mind, clear to yourself boundaries for when I need to stop. Yeah. 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 And I think that's so important because I know ego can take over and it's just like, I want the last word. And when they, yes. someone says something and it's like, okay. And, and another thing. <laughs> so, yes. 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 Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing your thoughts and your views on, on just sort of what's going on right now. What I really want to dig into now is I understand you have like a free email course around the five magnetic pillars of thought leadership. I would love for you to just share a little bit about that program with the listening community. Yes, yes. I'm so glad you asked. So, you know, I created this free email course because a lot of people, you know, thought leadership is a is a phrase that's bandied about a lot. And I find a lot of folks don't actually know what it means. Hmm. You know, what content qualifies as thought leadership? What content doesn't? You know, goodness knows there's you know, an obscene amount of content on the internet. You can barely like look at Google before you're inundated with content, but not all of it is thought leadership content. And what are the differences? And so it can be tricky, I think, because for a lot of thought leaders or folks in a space where they're a subject matter expert and they're, they're educating their audience, it's sort of like this, well, I know it when I see it kind of a sense, like it, like that's their, that's how they tell what thought leadership is, mm-hmm. but that's not very helpful for folks who, don't have clarity or aren't as experienced or really want to make their writing or their podcasts or their video series more 
valuable, have a greater impact, more mag magnetic. That's the word that I love. And so, yeah, there are five pillars of magnetic content. And I developed these based on some studies that have been done by LinkedIn and Edelman. They publish a study every December or January on, I think they call it the thought leadership business impact study, something like that. And they provide a tremendous amount of valuable insight into what the heck thought leadership is, the impact it's having on the business community. And so the five pillars that I developed out of these, the study include, we have your thought to, to be thought leadership, your your work must be unique, futuristic, trustworthy, relevant, and concise. And I counsel myself and my clients, you know, it's great if you can hit all five of those pillars. It, you know, if, but if you're only going to hit one, you want to start from the top and go down. So you want to start with unique and try to weave in as many others as possible. And it becomes second nature to do that the longer you work at it, of course, like anything ever practice. Mm -hmm. And in my email course, I go into detail, like what does each of these words mean? What does it not mean? What are different ways that you can apply these pillars to your own content, your, whether it's you know, writing, which is kind of like my, my love language, or it's a podcast, or it's a video series, or it's public speaking. How can you apply these pillars in different ways to your subject matter expertise to make sure that what you're producing and sharing with your audience is really magnetic and memorable to them? Mm, very cool. So because we have time, can we take <laughs> pillars and like dig in a little bit deeper into it? Definitely. I love that. Okay. So do you have a favorite first and foremost? And I know you I said think... top down approach, but that's not necessarily your favorite in order, is it? Or is there out of these five, is there one that you're like, oh my gosh, this one's my jam. Like I find that this is the one that I have the most fun kind of creating around. Or is there one where you're like, if you don't have this one, I'm assuming it's probably um, the first one unique. Like if you don't have unique, then none of the others really matter. But I really want to know what your favorite one is. Ooh, that's a fun question. I haven't been asked for a favorite yet. And as I think about it, it's sort of like, well, they're all my favorite in different ways. <laughs> but I think the actual answer, yeah, I would love to unpack the first one, which is unique, because okay. this is where I think a lot of people trip. Okay. Uh, a lot of people stumble with this one because they hear the word, oh, my content needs to be unique. And they immediately feel an intense sense of pressure. Yes. Like they need to sort of create some brand new, never before seen or heard paradigm that's going to knock everyone's socks off. And if they're not doing that, they're not delivering that then they failed. Mm. When in fact, unique is so much more subtle and um, closer to home than that. And really, you know, when you think about uh, mythology and oral storytelling traditions, they some, you know, some people make the statement that there's no new stories. You know, part of human nature is to craft and rework and mix and match all these different elements of our experience and of our lore and mythology and culture and just remix them and remix them and remix them. And so in fact, something that's entirely wholly unique would actually be very alienating to us. Hmm. So when I talk about unique thought leadership, I'm really asking myself and my clients for our own opinion. And this can be very vulnerable for folks because we're not always used to voicing a strong opinion or an opinion at all. You know, a lot of people have been raised to be very accommodating or people pleasing or just to kind of go with the flow. And 
stating a unique opinion is not typically going with the flow. In fact, I counsel my clients that the more you can share opinion that's maybe unexpected or provocative or counter the status quo, the more memorable and magnetic your opinion is. And so when it comes to being unique, it's really about what is your perspective? You're the only one with your experiences. You're the only one approaching your subject matter in your specific way. It's sort of a little bit like niching, you know, picking a niche. They all kind of play together in terms of coming to like, what, what do I really think? And I share in my course, you know, some questions you can ask yourself and some uh, exercises you can do to tease out your unique opinion, because a lot of the time it's so close. It's like sort of like you can't see the forest for the trees. Like what we think is so obvious to us that like we kind of feel like it's like, what's the point of even sharing it? Everyone, you know, it's a like, duh. When really your view and your perspective and the connections you're going to make between your industry and other industries or your story and other stories is is really very unique to you. And I love working with my clients to tease that out. Wow. So it was interesting because I didn't think initially that you were going to say unique would be like your perspective, your perspective, my own opinion. The moment you said that the word vulnerability popped up in my mind. And so, and because of that, because if through this thought leadership, whether to your point, it's you're writing a blog, you're hosting a podcast, you're speaking, whatever that might be, whatever modality it is that you're applying these five pillars to, the fact that right off the bat, you're introducing sort of this vulnerable part of yourself, um, then I think almost brings us full circle back to how we started the conversation around, well, then you start taking it personally if someone isn't compelled to be attractive, I'm throwing up air quotes, to what you're sharing. So I, I almost feel like you need to do a lot of self and inner work before you, if you really want to embrace these five pillars of magnetic thought leadership, because it's going to potentially open you up for a lot of commentary, which could be, if you're not mature enough, perhaps you, you could take it on as personal attack to what you're trying to share. Yes. Yes. Kelly, you're absolutely right. And that's why, you know, it can be, it can make all the difference to work with someone like you or myself or a business coach or heck, even a therapist, but some person that's not your own body and brain Mm -hmm. to help you get your ideas from out of your mind and onto a piece of paper to validate your ideas, to ask you questions, to develop them further. It can, and you know, there's no cure for vulnerability Mm -hmm. that I know of, except maybe practice and just flexing your muscles. But what I remind myself of my clients often is, your goal is not to be a people pleaser. And by default, not everyone's going to like you and not everyone is going to be attracted to your position. And you're, you're right, Kelly, that can feel really scary and risky. And I sort of, there's like kind of nothing to say for that, except I think to validate that and just, and to remind, at least for myself, I remind myself all the time that feeling scared and vulnerable is actually a green light. Mm. not the red light that my brain and body sometimes think it is. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it can be really uncomfortable, but the, the reward, you know, no risk, no reward or whatever that 
cliche is the reward is you know you do you do attract the people who are going to be the best qualified clients for you the best qualified colleagues and connections and opportunities and relationships and yeah you might get like an obnoxious comment sometimes or often by the folks who do not belong in your in that camp of your people Mm-hmm. And that's like, that's again, a green light that you're, if, if, you know, if someone's not liking what you're saying, then you're, you're doing your job right. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing, the other word that came to my mind was authenticity. It, br- it brings about the authentic you because, you know, to a point you made earlier, um, you know, there's really not a whole lot new under the sun. It's the perspective that we bring to whatever that thing might be. And I think, and I know you work with a lot of women and I know women have a way of, if we see something's working well for someone else, we automatically try to recreate. And I don't know that that's just women Mm. in general, we recreate it, but it's almost like walking in someone else's shoes. They're not going to be comfortable. They're not going to fit you the way that your shoes fit you. And eventually somebody's going to see, and they're going to be like, girl, those shoes are too big for you. Like, so then, (laughs) So, so it's like, you may be fooling some people for a small amount of time, but eventually you're only going to be able to mask yourself for, for so long. So, so yeah, this yeah, was that's awesome. an interesting yeah. point. Yeah. And so Eva, um, and I know we're just about at time. If someone is tuning in and hearing about you and your, and your program, what's the best way for folks to just connect with you? Yeah. So the first thing I would love to invite listeners to do is to head to five magnetic pillars.com. That's the number five. And the rest is, is spelled out uh, to sign up for the email course. Check it out. I invite, you know, in the email course, I invite everybody to like reply and let me know what they think because I'm like just a nerd about making new friends. I love connecting with people. Like I said, writing my love language. So via email works great for me. And another great way to connect with me is to reach out to me on LinkedIn. Uh, send me a connection request, mention in the note. I know Kelly, actually, I met Kelly because I met you because you uh, presented about LinkedIn at a a luncheon. And I was really impressed with your presentation. We've stayed in touch since. And I remember you mentioned during that presentation, always send a note, never just click connect, always add a note. (laughs) And I, I never forgot that. It's the best advice when it comes to building your network on LinkedIn. So Mentioned in the note that you heard me on Kelly's podcast, and I would love to get to know you there. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time, Eva. I know you're going to be traveling back west here shortly, so traveling mercies to you. Always great to connect. (laughs) Thank you, Kelly. It was so good to talk with you. Well, that concludes this episode of the Boost Podcast. Thank you again for listening in. If you don't mind, if you could like, subscribe, or share the podcast with a friend, I would greatly appreciate it. For more information on anything Boost related, you can visit our website at www.kellytleonard.com. News, laws, and regulations are changing by the day. We get it. It's hard to stay on top of it all. That's why ADP is here to guide you with up-to-the-minute compliance expertise to help you navigate these complex times so you can pay your people accurately and on time, regardless of changes in legislation. When you rely on us for payroll and HR, you're trusting us to help you take care of your people. It's what we've been doing for over 70 years, and that's not about to change. ADP, HR talent, time, benefits, and payroll, informed by data and designed for people.